Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Rock Chalk Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. I'm joined today by David Potter. How are you doing tonight, David? I am good. How are you, Andy? I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Got some uh, some fun stuff coming up for me personally. Um, I, talk, I think I've talked about it a little bit on the site, but I actually broke my finger. I'm going in to get it fixed tomorrow. So we thought we'd sneak in a quick podcast here with everything you know big happening. Of, of course, when I thought I wasn't going to do one for the week, you know, we have a ton of big news coming up. So... Um, you know, lots of stuff happened this week, uh, and we'll actually just go ahead and jump right into it, if you don't mind. Uh, first thing first, the, the the main news to hit, obviously, is Billy Preston, who has signed professionally with a Bosnian team, um, will no longer be eligible to play for Kansas, obviously, since he's a professional now. Um, you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think it causes big problems for this team going forward, or we've kind of already figured out what we were going to do without him for the rest of the year? Yeah, I, I have to think that Self, even if he was holding out hope that Preston was going to be become eligible at some point, that he at least had, you know, it really wouldn't even be a contingency plan because they've they've been playing without him all year. So I, I think he was probably prepared for that that, that possibility, especially when you know a couple weeks ago he kind of made it seem like he was expecting news on both of them, and then it didn't happen, and then the next week he was only expecting news on Dzeko. I think at that point it seemed like maybe the writing was on the wall. So I don't think it changes anything other than, you know, that maybe that that little bit of hope that fans had for what the ceiling could be if he were to play. But, um, I mean, I, we've, we've been seeing this team all year without him, uh, so it doesn't really change anything. And, you know, D'Souza probably is not going to have the impact that Preston would have, but it's not a bad consolation prize to have another uh, another guy, especially with his size, down low. Yeah, yeah, I mean – I know, I know that that Fetch and I on previous episodes have kind of always been operating under the assumption that we're going to get Billy Preston back, you know, and and saying that you know we feel good about 
the the KU's chances in the Big 12 with him there, you know, assuming that he's going to be coming as reinforcements. But you know, I think, and, and and we'll get into this a little bit later. But you know, the the, the performances they've been able to put together um, without him and still be able to lead the conference by a full game, you know, with him not even touching the floor means that this team has enough. And I was listening to Bill Sell's press conference. I believe it was after the game um, or, or maybe it was a little bit after, but K, KU Sports, you know, puts up on their podcast feed, all of the actual press conferences there. So you can hear all the questions and, and, and what everyone's saying, you know, and, and, and Bill Self was asked specifically about that. You know, he, he, he talked about, well, it would have been nice to have him, but you know, we've, we've seen how tough this team is. We've seen that they've been able to kind of fight and, and be able to do a lot of good things even without him. So they'll, they'll be fine. They just won't have as many weapons as they would have liked to have. So, all right. Um, any any other thoughts on 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 Preston or the whole situation? I know that there's, there's been a lot of people that have been wanting to rant and rave about you know the NCAA taking their time. The Bill Self was very very clear that he didn't really blame anybody for it. Uh, you know, it was just the kind of the factors of them trying to get everything together so there wouldn't be any questions, and the NCAA ended up having some questions anyway, which dragged it all on. Um, but any, any other thoughts about that? Any, any, anything you want to get off your chest? Oh, not necessarily. I'm just, uh, you know, we, we saw how upset uh, Bill Self was with Jack Diallo when, when the NCAA really dragged their feet and let that go on for so long. And really that didn't go on nearly as long as this did. And Self never really took to the media with both barrels blazing like he did in the Diallo situation. So I, I kind of read in that to me, into that to me that uh, – you know, itself, with based on what he knew of the situation, he didn't really think necessarily that it was a slam dunk case. That maybe it was more of a situation of hoping that it would uh, that it would happen than it was with Diallo, where you know he felt real confident that it should have already happened by the time the NCAA made the ruling. So, yeah. um, you know, just kind of taking the cue from him. I I can't be, you know, I I, I think debating the NCAA's rules on what these players can and can't do that's a separate discussion. Um, I mean, we just kind of have to look at it as it is what it is. Clearly, there was something going on there that was an issue for the NCAA, and we're just going to have to to move on with it from here. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. So, okay, rather than dwell on that, we'll go ahead and move on. Um, Obviously, last week, I think we've we've said it multiple times all over the place, that last week went about as well as it possibly could. you know that's what we were talking about last week, and and then this week so far the the, the half of the you know two games between our normal podcast cycle um, went extremely well as well with Oklahoma dropping a game um, you know against or at Oklahoma State Texas Tech dropping a game at Iowa State um, West Virginia was able to kind of keep up with Kansas but then Kansas getting a gritty win against Baylor um, you know I mean. Is there really anything to, to say about that? I mean, like, did, did this last week and a half or so really change your thoughts about who was going to compete in the in the conference title race? I mean, it it did um, just because of the outcomes of the game. I, I I mean, I'm still I'm still nervous about just every about every KU game that they go into just because of how razor thin the margins have been. But uh, I mean, you have to look at at Kansas as the favorite right now, just if for no other reason, uh, they've got a one game lead on everybody else. And they've, they've won probably the most difficult road game of the entire big 12 schedule for anybody at West Virginia. Um, so I, I didn't expect at this point to be saying, yeah, I mean, if you have to pick a favorite, it's gotta be KU. I, I kind of thought it would be, it would really be anyone's race right up until the very end. And it 
I, I'm expecting it to be a, a two, two or three way race. I don't think anyone's running away with it uh, this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think Oklahoma and Texas Tech uh, having three losses already definitely puts them behind the eight ball. I think they've got the hardest road, and it, it may be more of a more of a two team race than anything at this point between KU and West Virginia. And I I didn't foresee that kind of separation happening uh, this this early on in the the schedule. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised too, but. You know, looking at it, the fact that Texas Tech had to deal with an injury, I, I feel really bad because I don't remember the player that got injured. But you know, uh, they, Zach Smith, probably the best player. Yeah, so their best player gets injured. They're one and three without him. But before he gets injured, you know, they they still were playing really really well. And I mean, I think I think you can honestly say that losing him takes a lot away from their team. Um, so it's perfectly yeah. understandable, you know, that they've lost at Texas, lost at Iowa State. You know, and lost at Oklahoma, so they've lost the three games on the road. They still beat a really good West Virginia team, you know, at home. So it's not like they've completely fallen off. Um, they're going to have a tough, a tough time keeping up, I think, just because of who they lost talent-wise. So I'm not really, but I also think that that doesn't invalidate anything that they've done to this point. I mean, they have been probably the most surprising team in the country, um, other than maybe like Ohio State. Um, you know, if through the first half of the season. Um, it's really unfortunate that they've lost their best player for a significant amount of time. And, and, you know, so I, I don't really expect them to kind of hold on and, and stay in the race, but only because of injury issues, not because they're not a talented team that, that they couldn't have Oklahoma. On the other hand, you know, I think we've seen people have finally found the way to get around the Trey young hi- highlight show is basically just making him do everything. I mean, K- Kansas state shut basically everyone else down. Um, Oklahoma State shut basically everyone else down, and so Trey Young had the four shots at the end before they won in overtime. So, um, you know, o- Oklahoma, I think, is probably the other team that kind of has issues, but, you know, it's always been the narrative with them that they've got a really, really big superstar, and the rest of their team isn't, you know, it's it's good enough as a supporting cast for him to highlight what he's doing, but when you get a bunch of other teams at the top that are really, really talented, it's going to be hard for them to kind of keep pace, I think, over the long term. So, um but yeah, so so West West Virginia definitely seems to be the most uh, competent challenger at this point, and I'm really surprised that Kansas has been doing as well as they have, honestly, as well. So, um, any any other final thoughts on on the Big Twelve race in general? Um, I mean, just that I I guess after after this week, depending on how things go, uh, I mean, we're recording Monday, so it, depending on how West Virginia uh, plays tonight and then. Uh, how Kansas Oklahoma goes, then yeah, I mean it could be if, if both those games go KU's way, I mean they have to be the hands down favorite, um, or things could be really really tight at the end of the week. So this this could be a pretty pivotal week. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean it seems like we say that every week is a pivotal week. I mean last week you know Kansas had two really big games and there was a bunch of challenging games for all of the all of the main contenders you know Kansas State has worked their way back into the conference race too with only three losses so you know the the Big 12 in general has really been flexing its muscle um but yeah so so you mentioned that yeah we, we are recording this Monday night and I'm actually going to try to have this out either on Monday night or early Tuesday um and so so you guys will all get to hear this a little bit early but um not knowing how West Virginia does at TCU not knowing how Kansas State does at Baylor, you know, and then we also have, uh, let me see, we also have 
Uh, Iowa State is playing at Texas as well. So those are three three fairly big games. Texas is you know in the in the well right under the top half. So they're they're chasing in the conference race too. But um, but yeah, so you know we've got really really big games coming up. Before we look at what's coming ahead, though, let's go ahead and take a look back. Um, you know, the only game that's happened since our last podcast was KU against Baylor, um, specifically for Kansas, at least. Um, what are your over, overall thoughts on the game? You know, Kansas came out really, really hot. Looked like they were just going to hang a, a bunch of points on Baylor and run away with this one. But they've kind of played true to form of the, the rest of the year where they got out to a hot start and then just went really cold and, and let Baylor get back in. Are you concerned at all about them doing that? Or is that kind of just the realities of this team since they've been playing with such a short bench? Yeah, I, I think it's just something we're going to have to accept uh, when you when you only have really four, uh, you know, really players of the caliber that you know KU's used to having. Then Marcus get Marcus Garrett might get there. Um, I mean, it, you you can't expect to blow people out the way that KU traditionally has. Um, I, you know, I haven't necessarily noticed guys, you know, bent over gasping for breath at the end of the game, but I, I think that's the only, that's the only explanation I can come up with for why, you know, they, they went up double digits on K-State. I, I think they pushed the lead to double digits against Iowa State. Um, and like you said, it looked like we might finally get a blowout against Baylor on Saturday. And it, it, every time, uh, not only has it not happened, but they've, they've surrendered the lead at some point down the stretch. And so I think that's just going to be the reality of things this year because you can't play at that high of a level when, you know, all your main guys are going 38, 39, in Devontae Graham's case, even 40 minutes. Um, and, I, I, you know, I think I, I, one thing that probably emerged for me out of the Baylor game that I'm surprised more teams haven't done it quite as overtly as, as Baylor did, and that's the uh, hack-a-dope strategy. I think we're going to start to see that a lot more. And, I mean, that was part of the reason Baylor got back into it is because, when they got the ball down in, you know, Doak wasn't a huge uh, factor in the first half, but he came out, you know, guns blazing in the second half, and so they just started fouling him. And he did not respond at the free throw line. And, you know, it's we're too far into the year to see some sort of free throw shooting renaissance for him. So um, I'm, I'm interested and maybe a little concerned to see how that plays out now that teams have seen the team on tape uh, really employ that strategy to, to keep Doak off the uh, off the scoreboard, and, and they they saw it work and help uh, help take the lead down the stretch because uh, he was kind of a non-factor after they started really fouling him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am extremely surprised that it's taken this long to really you know find that out. But more to your point, you know, Kansas has gotten really really hot at the beginning of games. Um, but right when you've got guys that that don't come out or that only come out for a minute here or there. You know, like Devontae Graham doesn't come out of games. I mean, he comes out for a minute at a time and then we give up a lead or, you know, they start making a run and we have to put him right back in there. He doesn't get a chance to get any kind of rest. You know, we've we've had discussions in lots of years past about Frank Mason, you know, or, or other players that have done that sort of thing. And we have to find ways to get them rest because they just wear down you know, as we get to the end of the year. I mean, yeah, we've been, we've been playing with six guys for half the year. Um, you know, we, we finally have a seventh now in DeSouza, hopefully, but we've got to get him up to speed where he can actually contribute, you know, good minutes before we can really rely on him to spell Doak. So Doak is really the only consistent big guy that we've had, and it's not good to have a big guy on the floor that can't shoot the free throws. 
Um, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we get to the end of the game and they can hack him like crazy and then, and then make up points that way because we don't actually get the points for going inside. So yeah, that's, that's been a big problem. I, I imagine it's going to continue to be a big problem, but we've got to find a way to, to kind of get around it. I was, I think the most telling thing was at the end of the game, you know, on, on the final two possessions, I believe it was, we had five guards out there. Uh, we didn't even have a big man out there because DeSosa was ineffective, was having problems. Mitch Lightfoot was ineffective for his, for that game, which has kind of been unusual for him. But, you know, Doak, he couldn't hit a free throw shot, so we couldn't really have him out there when we were trying to hold on to a one- or two-point lead. Um, you know, so, so having five guards out there and everybody has been out there for pretty much the entire game, I mean, tells you pretty much everything you need to know. Um, you know, I, I said it in the in the predictions that, you know, I fully expected that this Kansas team is just going to have a lot of really close games. I don't know that's necessarily a bad thing, though. Um, but, you know, because going into the tournament, there's not going to be a lot of times where you have huge blowouts, you know, through multiple, multiple games. And so getting that experience now, knowing that they can come back from big deficits and, and you know, win close games, knowing that they can fight off challengers who are trying to make a game out of a out of a close game, you know, that's good experience for when they get into the tournament and have to face adversity outside of Allen Fieldhouse and deal with those situations. I think we've we've almost had kind of the opposite in, in some previous years that they haven't really been punched in the mouth like this and had to win a lot of close games. They've either, you know, lost because they've had something, you know, a, a problem or they've blown a bunch, of, a bunch of teams out and they didn't really get that experience of winning multiple close games that you're going to get in the Big 12 tournament and in the and in the NCAA tournament. So in a way, I almost think this is a good thing for them to have this many instances where they've been able to consistently overcome problems that they've had and win those close games that a lot of teams, you know, don't seem to be able to handle very well. You know, there's a there's a very clear I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem like there should be, but there seems to be a skill of performing under pressure in a close game that you can't really measure. It's hard to get advanced stats on or anything like that. There's some teams that just seem to have that ability and some that don't. Baylor is a perfect example of a team that consistently has problems closing out close games, closing out games where they're, you know, they've been the better team and, and the other team is hanging around. They have problems keeping that, you know, in, in their favor and actually closing out those games. There's been so many times where we've, you know, talked about, oh, well, Scott Drew did it again. You know, he threw the game away at the end. Um, you know, and so, so the fact that this team has shown that ability consistently this year is, has, has to be an encouraging sign. It's not fun for us fans. We love to have a blowout here and there to kind of, you know, feel really good about our team. But to be honest, I think how a fan base feels about their team is probably the least predictive thing, you know, that we can look at going into the, the postseason. So I, I don't know that I'm necessarily too concerned about it. So, Right. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that comes down to coaching too. Um, I mean, Scott Drew does a lot of things really well as a coach, uh, but as an in-game tactician, uh, that's probably the biggest weakness of uh, of his coaching skill set, whereas I think Bill Self is about one of the, the best in, in the game. Um, I mean, I, I don't know of any, you know, putting my obvious bias aside, I don't know of many college basketball fans who would pick anyone else to be their coach if, you know, it's a three-point game with two minutes left. I mean, he's, uh, you know, we've, we've seen it for too many years now to, to try and attribute it to a certain group of players or anything. I think he's uh, he's just great in those situations. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think having some experience in those close games is probably a good thing going into the postseason. But, uh, you know, I – 
I don't think having those twice a week is going to be necessarily a benefit because, I mean, clearly they're they're getting the experience in, in close games. And the problem with close games is that, you know, there's really no opportunity to rest anybody down the stretch. I think rest can be a little overrated. We've seen teams with short benches and guards who play, you know, they've got uh, – you're, they're playing 85, 90% of their team's minutes. We've seen those teams make deep runs before. I don't think that is prohibitive of making any sort of run in March, but, um, I mean, it does increase the risk of in, uh, the injury, and, you know, it, you know I, I think at least during the season when you don't get a chance to have uh, many breaks, you get a lot of, you know, quick two-, three-day turnarounds. Um, yeah, I... I I'd feel a lot more comfortable if they were able to win some games a little more comfortably and at least give guys a couple extra minutes rest down the stretch. But um, I, I wouldn't look for that to change anytime soon. I think this this team's identity is what it is at this point. They're they're tough, they're gritty, but uh, I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of blowouts or even just you know ten point wins. I think it's going to be a battle most nights. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, looking at the schedule coming up, we've got at Oklahoma and then home against Texas A&M and then at Kansas State. You know, so so two of those three games, I don't expect there to be any chance that we're going to have a a comfortable win. That Texas A&M game, I don't really know what to make of that team because that team is still talented enough that that you know, Texas A&M would come in and give us a game. Um, but the way that they've kind of been dropping you know, or laying a bunch of eggs recently, I could see them coming in and we could get a huge lead, and um, you know, we could finally get that that one so um yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I honestly don't care much about that one though because right, it doesn't right. you know it, i'm not real worried about seeding at this point and it doesn't affect the big 12 race at all so if if self wanted to steal a few extra minutes the rest for his guys that we know we won't that's just not how he coaches but i it wouldn't right. bother me at all if we had to take the l for that yeah you know it's it's kind of funny because i remember we said the exact same thing going into the game against kentucky last year for the Big 12 SEC That's Challenge. True. Yeah. You know, we were like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it'd be nice to get the win, but if we don't, oh, well, who cares? And, of course, we played Frank Mason. I believe he played 39 minutes in that game. Um, you know, I mean, it was just basically the same sort of situation. But Bill Stop does not take any games off for any reason. Um, not yeah. saying that he should, but if he decided to, I wouldn't blame him, just given the, the, the nature of the problems that we have with this team and what we need to, to try to save them for. Um, you know, that's going to be a huge Oklahoma game. They're going to be a huge Kansas State game, uh, especially with, you know, Kansas State trying to claw their way back into the race. And, can't, I mean, Kansas State has shown that they're a much better team than I think a lot of people gave them credit for. Um, you know, they've they've been playing really, really well. I actually have not looked at the rankings yet. They just came out today. Haven't really had a chance to. But I wouldn't have been surprised if they were ranked. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now so we can actually just look at it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've been playing well enough to either be ranked or be right there on the cusp. So, let me see. doesn't actually look like – oh, they're barely getting votes, it looks like, in the coaches' poll. Um, but they're – They have, what, five five losses on the year? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm not, I'm not too surprised. But, you know, seeing a team like Michigan who, you know, I, I said that, you know, the similar sort of thing that they, they definitely seem to be – dealing with fatigue in that game against Nebraska, but they just got completely walloped by Nebraska. Um, you know, there's yeah. some other five-loss teams in there that, that I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't looked extensively at all their resumes, but with, with Kansas State winning against Oklahoma, you know, and having some of the wins that they do have, I, I, could, I, could, I could at least see them being ranked at the bottom of the poll. 
Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were. I'm not really that surprised if they're not, just given how many teams there are down there. But they're definitely a team that's improving. You know, at this point, they're they're obviously safely in the field, and it would take a really big collapse for them to not make the NCAA tournament. So they are a dangerous team. That's going to be a big, yeah. a big, big game for us. Um, you know, especially since we barely beat them in, in Allen Fieldhouse. But but again, you know, having seen them go on the road uh, to Morgantown and pull out that big game against West Virginia, you know, I I would not expect this team. Like, I wouldn't be able to say that this team can't do anything specific. I wouldn't be surprised, though, that, you know, if they drop a couple games that we don't think they should. So pretty much the only game I think that's going to be fairly simple for them, and you know, I'm, I'm going to regret saying this because, watch, they're going to have problems, would be that game against Oklahoma State at home. You know, looking at looking at, at, at Ken Palm, when they lay out the schedule, they have, you know, the A-ranked games, the B-ranked games, and they basically adjust for whether you're home or away, you know, basically saying something like a like – a, a game at home against a, a top 30 team is probably on pace with a team you know, when you're playing oh, on the road against the top 70 team, you know, so they kind of uh, equivalent, you know, they make those equivalent. Um, so they have like a ratings and B ratings uh, and then they have nothing. Well, the only game for the rest of the year that isn't an A or a B for Kansas is that game against Oklahoma state at home. So, you know, we've got yeah, we've got a lot of tough games coming up. Uh and that's kind of just life life in the Big 12. I mean, that's that's the way it works. So, yeah, the 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 thing is, I don't think Iowa State was even a B game either, and we saw that go down to the wire. So, You're right, it was. Take anything for granted this year. Right. They weren't the when we played them at home, right? And we and we barely were able to pull that one out. Um, but they will be when we actually go there. So, you know, I'm looking at this now. They're 94 in Ken Palm. Uh, but that game that we're on the road to them is considered to be a B game. So, I mean, it's it's still going to be tough. And, you know, we've seen Iowa State can can pull off some big victories um, at home. They've played pretty well in general. So when, when Iowa State's your worst team, they're ranked in the top 95 of Ken Palm, you know, and they've pulled off some pretty big wins winning at Texas – or, I'm sorry, winning, winning uh, at TCU, you know, almost – well, being being very competitive against Texas Tech. Um you know, I'm barely losing at Kansas, going into overtime, you know, against Texas at home and at Oklahoma State. I mean, this is still a really talented team. The Big 12 is, is a beast this year. So, all right, let's go ahead and look specifically ahead. I mean, we kind of did a little bit of preview last time, but kind of more talking in general terms. Big game coming up for Kansas on, on Tuesday, so tomorrow, is against Oklahoma. We've now seen Oklahoma drop a couple games in a row um, that, to be honest, I, I think they probably should have won both of those games. Um, maybe not at, at Kansas State, but they definitely should have won at Oklahoma State. Had some really bad plays down the road, and Oklahoma State was or down down you know when it when it came down to the wire, and Oklahoma State was able to just pull out that that overtime victory. What, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma at this point? I mean, is it is it really kind of just you know bother Trey Young enough that he can't he can't really pass the ball out or can't really do much, or you know are you expecting Kansas to really have a lot of trouble with this team? Um, I, I I think it'll be a shootout, um, which probably plays into KU's hands a bit. But with it being on the road, you know, I'm not going to necessarily expect a win or anything like that. You know, at, at this point, I think we've seen that Trey Young is going to get his points. He's going to score, you know, probably about 25 at minimum most nights. I I think you have to just kind of accept that and not try and find a way to lock him down but just try and find a way to turn him into just a pure volume shooter. Try and take away the drive. He doesn't, you know, he's not 
he's not great around the basket. He's not bad by any means. Um, but he doesn't – he draws a lot of fouls, but not an obscene amount. You know, he does a lot of his damage as a jump shooter. I think if you can take away take away the drive to the extent possible and really just turn him in, uh, you know, to a kind of Steph Curry Jr. where he's just flinging up threes, uh, you know, sometimes he's going to make quite a few of those and you just have to kind of accept that and just play the averages and, you know, hope that uh, he misses more than he makes because you're not – you're not going to shut him down. You're not going to keep him off the scoreboard and hold Oklahoma to 65 points. It's not going to happen. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of letting him get his and just make him as inefficient as possible in the process and then just take advantage of the fact that Oklahoma really does not play good defense at all and put up as many points of your own as you can. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really the key to this game, is that Oklahoma's defense is absolutely atrocious. Um, you know, they, they are not a good team at all defensively. Um, well... Yeah, I say that they're ranked 55th in the nation, but if you look at, you know, if you look at what the rest of the Big 12 does, I mean, that's not a very good defensive uh, efficiency for them comparatively in the conference. So, yeah, they're they're definitely going to have problems. Let me see. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, defense in the conference. Let's see, Oklahoma. Actually, you know what? I take that back. They're they're number four in the conference for defensive efficiency. So I'm not really sure what it is. It makes it seem like they're they're bad, but you know, they just seem to give up a lot of points. And, you know, I'm looking at the scores that they've had. Uh, they see. play really up tempo, so I, they do give up a lot of points. The number of points probably makes it a lot look a little worse than it really is. Yeah, and you're right. I think that I think that that's probably it. Is the fact that they play they play so up tempo that their efficiency numbers look better because there's so many possessions. So even when someone drops 90 points on them, you know, if they've got, you know, 50% more possessions than everyone else, well, it looks like they're still playing pretty well. Um, and, of course, it doesn't help, you know, it, it doesn't hurt them that they're putting up so many points offensively that they can uh, kind of allow that to happen and, and it not really come back to bite them too much. But, yeah, I mean, so in, in conference, you know, the last two games, well, last three games, they've given up over 80 points. Uh, let's see. Actually, four of the five, six, six of their last seven games, they've given up over over 80 points. And there's, and there's actually only one that was, you know, one of those that was over or that was under 85. So, I mean, they give up. They're, they're averaging a ton of points in terms of on defense. So, yeah, Kansas is going to have lots of opportunities to score. My question is going to be where are they going to get those points from? Because, you know, I don't, I don't know that Kansas um, – is going to have a problem really getting it from wherever they want. It's just a matter of who's going to be hot that night and, and who they can kind of put in a good position. If they decide to, to, to put pound the ball inside, you know, I think that would work out really well for them because Oklahoma has some big guys down low, but nobody who's absolutely phenomenal on the defensive end. Um, but they also don't have a lot of really good defensive guards either. So, you know, I mean, I could imagine Svee getting hot. Uh, and you know, putting up a bunch of points, I could imagine Newman continuing to get hot, and you know, having another phenomenal game for us. I could see Graham finally get going again. You know, he's he's kind of cooled off recently, but uh, you know, there's lots of opportunities for a lot of different guys to get going. I wouldn't even be surprised to see someone like Desoza have a really good game because he's not going to get a lot of a lot of resistance on the inside comparatively to you know what what we've seen from a few guys. So you know, there is no guy like a Kanate or 
uh, or you know any of these big shot blockers on this team. They do have some guys that are talented down low, but nobody that just dominates like Mo Bamba or uh, or you know Doak or or anyone like that. So there's definitely well, a lot I, of opportunities. Kadeem Latin, I I would put close. Um, he doesn't have the size that that some of those guys you just mentioned. Um, although Kanate is, I think, only six eight, which I think is what Latin is. He's a he's a really good instinctive shot blocker and can play some defense away from the basket. Uh, so I'd actually like to see KU try and get it into Azubuki as as uh, often as possible early on and see if they can't get Latin into some foul trouble. I would assume Latin's probably going to uh, be on on Doak. Um, I guess I don't know if they have any other big guys who they might be able to throw at him, but I think Latin is a big part of why they're even ranked 55th nationally is because he, he does offer some rim protection, but he also, he can turn guys over and, uh, you know, he can guard out a little, uh, out away from the basket a little bit too. So I think if you can get him into foul trouble, then I think the scoring opens up even more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at, uh, uh I'm looking at him a little bit more and you're right. Yeah. He, his numbers are probably a little bit better than I originally thought they were, but, um, you know, I still, I still probably wouldn't put him up on the same level as a guy like Kanate or or Doak or things like that. So yeah, it, I think definitely if you can if you can pound it down low and get him in foul trouble or basically get to the point where he's a little hesitant to try to you know make the big plays in there, that really opens stuff up not only for for Doak but also for DeSouza and also for Mitch Lightfoot when he's in there. So all right, any any particular guy you're expecting a big game from or any guy you think is going to have a, have problems? Either on our side or or also on on Oklahoma's team. Uh, like you said, I think it might just be uh, a matter of who's feeling it because I think we've seen for the most part, you know, Graham's going to take a lot of shots. They're going to get it into Azubuki to to get his points down low. But aside from that, it's really you know sometimes it's C, sometimes it's Vic, and we've seen a, a couple games here and there where Newman can really go off, but you never really know on any given night who it's going to be. Um, you know, Oklahoma, I, I'd imagine they're going to try and game plan to take Kazubuki out as, as much as possible, whether that's um, by, by trying to deny the ball if they can or just fouling. Um, so, I, you know, I, I look for maybe Graham to kind of, especially going up against Trey Young, you know, that might uh, that might ignite a little inner Sharon Collins in him, uh, and we might see him, uh, you know, try and, I hope he doesn't try and match Trey Young shot for shot, but at least you know try not to get uh, overshadowed by him. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Devonte um, really started feeling it and got going and put up some put up uh, pretty good numbers for himself. Yeah, I think defensively too. I'm looking at Devonte. I mean, you, we all remember that game where he completely, well, not completely shut down, but played a really good game defensively on Buddy Heald. Um, you know, right. I, I think this is kind of shaping up to be a similar sort of situation where he's going to have a good opportunity to do that and really flex his defensive muscles. You know, if 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 we can come out of this game and Trey Young only you know scores 20 points or something like that, um, I think it's because Devontae Graham you know plays really good defense on him, bothers a lot of his shots, and he's just not able to hit him like he usually does. I'm not saying I think that that's that that's actually going to happen, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Graham's able to play such a good defensive game that they're able to to really disrupt what he's doing. So I think that that's really going to be the key is is how well do they play defense on Trey Young, either to force him into, you know, getting his points by taking a high volume of, of questionable shots um, or making it so that he can't, you know, put up the kind of assist numbers that he usually does. If he's not able to get his teammates involved and has to do everything on his own, 
you know, if 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 Trey Young goes off and scores 50 points on his own, but he can't really get any assists, and the rest of the team isn't really doing very well, well then, you know, Kansas is going to win this one pretty pretty comfortably, I think, because you know we've we've already seen them have problems, um, even when Trey Young is turning in a phenomenal performance. I mean, it happened in the last game against Oklahoma State. You know, they played. It was, uh, I think he had 49 points or, or 48 points, and then they still lost in overtime. So. You know, I I definitely think that's probably going to be one of the keys to this game. So, all right, any any other final thoughts? I, I you know uh, we can we can jump ahead to that K State game if you want because it's going to come before before our next podcast most likely, um, or if we kind of just want to go ahead and leave it there with any kind of final thoughts you might have. Um, I mean, I I would just say that, well, like you said earlier, I, it kind of feels like every game every week is a pivotal week because with so many teams kind of clustered in the top six or seven in this conference. Any time you look at the week's schedule, you can pick out multiple games that are, are going to be really compelling games. But uh, I, I, I don't think this will happen, but I think in this stretch of uh, Oklahoma and then Saturday is, isn't a Big 12 game. But then K-State, I mean, I think if they win both of those, especially if they get a little more help um, with West Virginia maybe dropping one, then I think the conference it's not over but it would be it would take a pretty big collapse down the stretch so um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if if that can if that can come to pass because I don't think even just a, a week or two ago anybody thought that that was even going to be on the table that you know one really strong week might almost sign seal and deliver the conference for KU but I mean that's that's the position they're in I, again I don't I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but it's at least on the table, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll actually go ahead and ask you this. It kind of reminded me, last year we had a discussion on, on, on the site, and this was before the podcast got rebooted, but um, probably something we would have talked about on there. You know, At, at what point do you feel that it's you know, going to be a, kind of a foregone conclusion that Kansas is going to at least share the title? Because I think last year you know, we, we got to the point where we said, well, as, you know, the first time Kansas gets a three-game lead, they're they're definitely going to get at least a share. Or the first time that they you know have a two-game lead, you know we're feeling really really confident that that's going to be enough for them to hold on. I mean, do you ever do you get the feeling that we're ever going to reach a point in this in this Big Twelve for this year? Like, are they are they are they building enough confidence with these close games that they've been able to win that you think that if they were to get a two or three-game lead, well, maybe not a two because of how you know tough a, a team like West Virginia is. Um, but like maybe if they get the two game lead by beating West Virginia at home, um, or if they have like a three game lead before that West Virginia game, I mean, do you, do you feel confident that there's ever going to be a point before they're, you know, mathematically definitely going to win a share that, that you think that it's, it's over at that point? I I think a, a three game lead would do it. Um, just because, I mean, you're looking at, I, I don't consider Texas Tech to really be a, a threat at all at this point. I think it's uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. With Oklahoma already having three losses, if KU gets to a point where you know, they've got a three-game lead on them, then I, I think we can we can safely say that Oklahoma is just not quite as good as they, they looked early in the year. And uh, I think you could probably write them off at that point. And then I think goes for West Virginia. Uh, you know, they've not looked especially – Good in Big 12 play, you know that that blowout win over Texas, notwithstanding, they've they've had some close games and a couple losses, including you know blowing that lead to to us um, in Morgantown. 
I, I think, if nothing else, just because of what a three-game lead would have to say about the team below them and their ability to make up that kind of a gap on KU, I, I'd say that three games would do it, even if that even if that comes, you know, here in the next week or two, and that there's still plenty of games to go. I think it's three games. They're going to get at least a share. Yeah, I think I'm I'm almost there with you. Um, you know, I do think like if they were to win and and West Virginia were to lose to TCU, um, I, I don't know that that would be enough. Okay, of course, that would only be a two game lead over West Virginia at that point. Um, yeah. You know, but but say that say that they win that they lose to TCU, they beat Iowa State and Iowa State, and they lose. Uh, well, you know, they lose that game against Oklahoma, and so Kansas then has a three game lead. Um, yeah, I think that's late enough in the year that we're probably at that point, but. But, you know, for sure, if, if they're able to keep pace and we get to that game on February 17th against West Virginia at home and Kansas wins that game and goes up two games, you know, with a sweep of West Virginia at that point, then, yeah, I mean, I, at that point, I don't think that basically, a, a, you know, they have to win three games or they have to make up three games on KU at that point. Um, and while Kansas would be playing, you know, Oklahoma at home at Texas Tech, uh, Texas at home, and then at Oklahoma State. I mean, I think that there's at least two wins out of those uh, for for Kansas at that point, even with how difficult this this conference has been. Um, not not to mention that you know West Virginia. I mean, they've 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 got an opportunity to drop quite a few games here. I mean, they have to go at they have to go to TCU, which they're doing tonight. Um, actually, I think that game's getting ready to tip off right now. Um, you know, and then and then they have uh, they're going at Iowa State, and Iowa State's shown that they're no slouch at home. They have they play against Kansas State at home. They go to Oklahoma. They play against Oklahoma State at home, which you have to think is going to be a win. But you know, I mean, so I, I could easily see three losses for them, just the way everyone's been playing. And so, um, you know, now I could also easily see you know two or three losses for KU in that in that kind of time frame too. So right. there's nothing guaranteed at this point. But if we you know if we get to the point where Essentially, KU has a has a a lead of it of half of the number of games remaining. Um, you know, the only one I think that could make up that kind of deficit would be West Virginia. And if we get to the point then where you know West Virginia has lost both games to Kansas, you know they don't really have any direct way to make up any of those games anymore. So you know that then it really really put puts it away. I wouldn't. I don't think I'm comfortable calling it for KU until they have at least a two game lead after that West Virginia game, if they didn't get a three game lead, uh, maybe like a week or two before. So like after the Oklahoma state game that's coming up on February 3rd, if they have a three game lead at that point, um, I think I'd be ready to jump on the bandwagon with you to say that it's basically locked up at that point. But, um, you know, I've seen lots of crazy stuff happen so far in this big 12. You know, I don't, I don't think I would have, you know, I, I think I would have uh, told you before this last week and a half started that I have a better chance of winning the lottery than everything going perfect for KU, you know, starting with that win in Morgantown, and yet everything has gone perfect for Kansas. So we've already seen lots of crazy stuff that, you know, are really, really unlikely to happen. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Kansas drop a few games they shouldn't for West Virginia to be able to make up a lot of ground real quick. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be really hard to feel comfortable with a, with, with a lead here. But we're definitely in a good position now, being one game up. And, you know, I'm not really seeing any – tough games for us that aren't also matched by really tough games for other teams too. So, um, you know, I think, I think I feel about as good as you can feel about it at this point. And man, four, four, 14 would be nice. And then next year we get, you know, a ton of talent in to try to go for even more to see how far we can take it. So, 
All right. Any other any other final thoughts before we get out of here for the night? I don't think so. All right. There was a, a couple interesting things that came up on Twitter, but we didn't really get any questions, and I don't know that I want to try to dive too far to get them. So um, I'll make sure we definitely send out a call for Twitter questions the next time before we before we re- re- record. Um, for those of you that have been paying attention to the site, we have a new guy that just started writing for us. His name is Kyle Davis. Um, he wanted to be on the bo- on, on the podcast tonight, wasn't able to make it work. Where I'm, I'm going to try to get him on the next one, so you guys will have some some new people to listen to. I know that you know Fetch and I, from all the comments I've gotten, you know, are are doing a pretty good job. But it's definitely nice to have a lot of different you know thoughts and and different perspectives, uh, since we do have so many people writing for the site. So, David, thank thank you for joining me tonight. It was great to uh, talk with someone else. Uh, you know, Fetch unfortunately is kind of nursing a little bit of a of a depression after the Vikings got completely stomped yesterday. Uh, I was hoping that wouldn't happen. I kind of wanted them to go to the, you know, I wanted to be Jags and Vikings in the Super Bowl, and unfortunately, both of the teams didn't really uh, come through for me at all. But oh well. Uh, okay, so we'll go ahead and leave this there then. Thank thank you again for joining me, David. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can you can find us on iTunes. Uh, I'm still working to try to get us on things like Stitcher. I believe we're up on Google Play uh, now. Um, I was just looking for it the other day, and, and I'm pretty sure I could find it. I don't, uh, I'll, I'll try to get the links put in the show notes and all that for you guys. But find us on iTunes. Subscribe. You know, uh, give us a rating, five stars if 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 you can. It really helps to get us out there so that more people will listen, and we can we can get more input, and we can do a lot more things on the show. Um, you you can contact us on Twitter at Rock Chalk Talk. Uh, on the email address, it's rctsbn at gmail.com. Uh, that's Rock Talk Talk SB Nation, all abbreviated, at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact me directly, uh, fetch directly if you have a question for him. Uh, of course, he's the one that runs the Twitter, so you can definitely talk to him there too. Um, and then, and, you know, and then, and then, and then David as well. Uh, we all are very open and, and like to interact with a bunch of people, so definitely don't don't be shy about that. Leave us your, your comments on the site. Uh, and we'll definitely join that, that discussion there. So, again, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Talk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.